Welcome back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K Rose Company and Cattle Menu. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm excited to bring you these conversations each week filled with relatable advice and techniques you can take back to your operation. It's my mission to make sure that we can ranch in the next generation. Make sure and subscribe where you're listening so you never miss a new episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Kettle Menu Podcast. I am excited to have Erica here with us today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be on the flip side of podcasting. Of course. Why don't you start and just give us a little bit of background about yourself? Yeah. Uh, So my thing that I'm known for, I guess, is advocating for mental health in agriculture. So my background in that regard is I have a Bachelor of Science in Neuroscience Psychology and Kinesiology and a Bachelor of Education in Science Education and Community Health. I also have about 15 to 20 certifications, I think. I say 15 that are relevant to health and wellness, everything from personal training to suicide intervention, you'd kind of name it and I've got it. And I'm currently in my master's of arts in counseling psychology uh, with the end goal of becoming a registered psychologist. And I live on a, I think it's fifth generation cattle ranch in Alberta, Canada. And through that, I just kind of learned, I guess. Yeah, I learned from my own experience, honestly, about how detrimental mental health is to agriculture and how ignored it is sometimes and how important it is to have individuals who are educated in this industry advocating for that side of the industry. So here we are. That's my background and that's how I got here. How did you get started or where did the passion come from about this mental health in agriculture? I mean, what in your background made you say, hey, this is one, an issue, and two, something I'm really passionate about and I want to be part of the solution? So that's like a multifaceted question for me. First of all, I became passionate about mental health first. I started studying. I very clearly remember learning about Phineas Gage. If you know anything about psychology, you'll have heard his name. He was a Chinese railroad worker back in the 1800s. And he had an injury and it affected his brain. A railroad spike went through his brain. And I was just fascinated by that. So that's kind of where the passion from mental health started and that aspect of things. I've been learning about mental health. I've been learning about psychology and neuroscience since I was that old. I think I was grade nine or grade 10. My passion for mental health and agriculture came from, I was bullied actually a lot as a kid. I really wanted to be in 4-H. I lived in town. I didn't live on a farm. I wanted to be involved. I had a lot of respect for our family farm. And I was called things like yuppie and told I didn't understand and told I would never fit in and all that stuff. And I was like, man, like, why is me being interested in this so threatening to you? And I kind of always had that thought, like, why is it so bad that somebody outside of the industry loves it and cares for it and wants to advocate for it? And then I got involved in agriculture through a couple boyfriends, honestly. I just started dating some farm guys, <laughs> nothing special. Uh, and then I was in the Agriculture Student Society. I was a secretary when I was in university. 
And I came out to the farm when I met my current partner. And I realized, I was like, holy crap, this is lonely. I went into a huge depression myself. I felt at my lowest lows out here because of the fact that it was such a different lifestyle. I already had the passion for the lifestyle. I already had the passion for mental health. And so then to me, I was sitting at a conference and somebody was speaking about the depression rate, the suicide rate, the anxiety rate with farmers in Canada specifically, because that's where I am. And I was sitting there and I was like, man, I feel seen. I feel heard. They are explaining exactly what I feel today. And I was like, I can do something about this. And so that's that's how I got started. And that's where my passion came from. It's a whole amalgamation of education, life experience, personal experience. And that's where that's how it came. It's pretty organic, actually. It's interesting because anytime we talk about men- mental health on the podcast, one of the clarifying things I want to tell people is mental health is not positive or negative. Mental health is just like physical health. You can be in shape or out of shape, and they both count as physical health. And I think immediately when we start talking about mental health, we have this negative connotation. And it is so frustrating to me because I believe that that negative connotation is why we don't talk about it more, is because we're always like, oh, they have problems. They're talking about their mental health. I don't know if I want to step in here. And it it's not a negative thing. It has no emotion. It's what happens, you know, how we treat and how we pay attention and how we, you know, nurture our mental health. And so I just always like to put that disclaimer because sometimes I think when people, when we have a mental health discussion on the podcast, people immediately are like, well, I don't struggle with depression, so I'm not going to listen. And the problem is just like one of the big sayings we have in Kettleman U is it's offensive versus defense. And we have to be offensive on our mental health game versus defensive. And I think that that leads us to a lot of things that you were talking about being, you know, seen all of these things being lonely. I mean, I heard when social media came out, Now more than ever, I mean, I haven't looked at my Facebook friends in a while, but I'm sure it's in the thousands. And now more than ever, we have more friends, in quotations, and we feel lonelier than ever. And that is a problem that I think a lot of people in rural America, men and women, whether they admit it or not, right? Mm -hmm. But men and women are feeling like we have so many connections, maybe too many connections, And yet we're feeling like we're the only ones in this exact situation. And you talked a little bit about that and how moving to rural America really did affect that loneliness feeling. Yeah, it really did. And, you know, I I think that that was a huge thing for me was the move. Like I went six hours away from home. That's going to affect anybody in different ways, regardless of where you are. But I totally agree and love how you put it in terms of offense versus defense. I worked in preventative mental health, which sounds really strange when you actually break down what all those words mean, for about five years. And it's all about teaching yourself skills, supports, and strategies so that you understand when things come up on the mental health continuum, what you're feeling, what's happening. And 
before you go down that, I'm going to go into this really depressive episode. And sometimes that's, I'm going to say with a caveat there, that is what happens to people, right? We know that diagnoses happen. But as you feel yourself on the continuum of I'm really mentally healthy, I'm going through a mental health challenge, then you can put those skills and those coping strategies into place and be so strong. When you're feeling that loneliness on the farm, what can you do to mitigate that, right? So that's my my whole platform is about mitigating those things as you feel them come up kind of at first and bringing awareness to the fact that they're even happening for you because awareness, we can't necessarily be offensive if we don't have awareness of what's going on and how to understand those feelings and what your body's telling you. Your body's communicating with you all the time. And something that you said about mental health not being positive or negative was beautifully put, Caroline, because when you talk about mental health, it's the same as physical health. If you get rid of your head, your body doesn't work. If you get rid of your body, your head doesn't work. You need both of them working together. It's a constant interplay. And you're right. There is this negative connotation about mental health, but it's just a continuum. It's some days you're going to have better days. Some days you're going to have worse days. And that's part of the human experience. And I think going back to your social media point is with social media, feeling so connected online, but then going out and being alone is a mind game for our brain because we get those dopamine hits. We get those things happening and people are like, this is awesome. I have so many friends, but you're so alone and you can't change that quietness around you. With that being said, social media is great because we get to connect. It's kind of that double-edged sword. However, with the loneliness on the farm and the the consistent mental health, I don't know, challenges, I guess I would say, that I see in agriculture comes from real true connection with people face-to-face, in-person. That's what we are really, really craving, if that makes sense. That's kind of what I see all the time is people needing to connect genuinely in person. Well, it's so easy to have a mask on on social media. And we see that not only with mean comments, right? I mean, just kind of trolls out there, but also it's almost like they're not telling the rest of the story. And it's really interesting because you mentioned awareness. And I'm noticing this more in our family than ever before where we're starting to say, oh, that's probably some anxiety. And then we're looking at the next generation and saying, I think they have anxiety. (laughs) It's like, I didn't know what that was growing up. I knew what the feelings were. But then it's really easy to see in the next generation. And I'm like, wow, that would have been really nice to have identified when I was a kid so I could get the idea about what that felt like. And one of the things is I'm not technically diagnosed as ADHD, but it's very obvious. And I was talking, you know, to my brother about my niece and nephew. And I my brother, I'm sure, has it as well. And I said, wouldn't it have been nice if we would have known? <laughs> like if someone would have just said, hi, you guys are built just like this. Your brain just works differently than other people's. Here are some tips and tricks to make your brain work the very best humanly possible. And That's kind of the way that I've approached it when I am talking 
to people just in general. It seems like it's a lot of kids because it's a much easier conversation. But I'm like, your brain and her brain work differently. What works in your brain, right? If we're cleaning your room and one of you likes to go in and throw everything on the bed and then start sorting from there, great. One of you wants to go in and pick up all the hangers first, great. Like our brains just work differently. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think the fun challenge, especially for me, is like figuring out how my brain works and what makes it tick at its highest potential because that's just the natural drive. And I just think in agriculture, you know, we have a lot of factors against us, right? And we talk about this all the time. You have to control the controllables. And it's so easy to say, the markets are down. We can't control those. We can't control fuel prices. We can't control the weather. Like, it would be, it's really easy to spiral, right? When you're trying to control things that you can't control. And I think that how we get some grasp back, how we get some confidence back is controlling the things that we can control and being proactive on our mental health and figuring out how our brains work is the area that we can control and we can really work on that. You can't control your brain, but you can control figuring out how your brain works. Are you wanting to start a cattle operation or learn new hands-on skills? Our team knows it's hard to find resources when it comes to learning how to vein cattle or how to brand or even what you need in your vet kit. If you're wanting to learn those skills and more, you won't want to miss this year's Profit Finder. With access to over 25 videos and resources, you can learn hands-on skills from the comfort of your own operation. We created this toolbox for any cattle producer just starting out. We went back to the basics and explained everything from the ground up. You can join the waitlist today and learn more at cattlemenulive.com backslash profit finder. Yeah, absolutely. In agriculture, there's so many things that you can focus on that are uncontrollable factors that I don't even, like that could cause so much anxiety in a person, right? If you just talk about cows alone, not any other aspect of it right? Like they have their own brains. And like you said, learning how you work, learning things that I really don't like the word, but trigger you in any different way, right? This makes me really happy, right? A trigger is just something that flips a switch. So this makes me really happy. This makes me really excited. This makes me feel super anxious. Identifying those things, working on those things and bringing awareness back to that of what is happening with my body currently? Am I dealing with some other person that, you know, in the family? It does working with my sibling bring up extra feelings of anger and anxiety? Why is that? Hmm, can we work on that? What can we do differently? What can we do the same, right? So that's just that awareness then leads to insight, which then leads to feedback. And feedback is a gift, right? It tells us constantly this is working or this is not working. I would like to say with family, we get even more feedback because you're more likely to tell your family how you feel than you are somebody else. And working with animals too, right? They're a great example is if you're working cattle, they're going to tell you right now, this is not working. You're putting too much pressure, not enough pressure. I can see the light. I can't see the light. I don't want to do this. Like 
They give you feedback all the time. And we need to learn to almost lean into that a little bit and learn to acknowledge it and take it for what it is. And it's it's okay, right? It's okay if we slow things down and we take that feedback and we learn from it. We learn how our brains tick. We learn how to be successful and then we can slide through life a little bit easier. What are some of the things that we can do as ranchers, as people in rural America that are offensive, not defensive? So these would be you don't think you have an issue and you want to grow your bicep. Like what do you do in the world of mental health where you're like, I'm pretty happy where I'm at, but I just want to make sure that I'm toning my brain? I love that question. I don't think we talk about that enough because I think people forget about mental health. They're like, eh, my brain's fine and I don't need to deal with it until something happens. But there's so much that you can do. One of my favorite things is I put in a routine and now routines are kind of ugh to me a little bit as I talk about them even because I think so many people are like, your habits, your routines. But truly, that's what it comes down to is your basics. So food, water, nutrition. I talk about that so much on my platform. If you're a mammal, if your basic needs aren't met, that is really going to affect how the rest of your body is functioning just generally, right? So just making sure in the beginning of it, are you eating today? It's harvest. Like, please eat food. If you're working cows, take snacks. Like, it's important. Take water, right? Heat stroke's not good either. So that's very basic, simple. Make sure you're fed and watered and you have sleep. Sleep is a huge one we see in agriculture with seasonal changes, right? But sleep is really important. You charge your phone every night, so we need to charge ourselves. That's a really big offensive one. Sunlight, which is interesting because so many farmers are like, I get sunlight, like I'm outside all day. And I'm like, sure, but I want you to go outside within the first 20 minutes of your day and get it on your face and your arms and your hands. The reason is, is those parts of your body typically soak up the sun in certain ways and send it to your brain a little bit differently than other body parts. And sunlight increases your serotonin, your dopamine. It also helps with your sleep-wake cycles a little bit more. It's really important. So sun. And my other thing would say, practice your tools for the just-in-case. It's kind of like knowing first aid, even though you don't do first aid every day. So what are the things that you think are interesting or important that people do when they have really bad mental health days? Put those into practice in your day-to-day. My big one, I love mindfulness and breathing techniques. Take three deep breaths when you wake up. It's not hard. It takes about 30 seconds, but you're teaching your brain to use that pathway and you're creating that pathway so that it works more efficiently in those times when things are not necessarily going well. So on the prevention thing, the prevention side of things, it's similar to, like I said already, first aid of if things were to go wrong, what are the tools that I need? Because you don't, like I said, you don't practice first aid every day but you still have that knowledge of how to do it. There's a reason. I don't know what it's like in the States, but you're supposed to redo your first aid however often. So you're supposed to practice those things. So when you need them, they're there. Tools could be deep breathing, journaling, 
mindfulness, learning to have hard conversations, stuff like that. Vast array, but just so you know how to use them, you know that they're there and your body's like, right, I got this. This is in my brain. I know how for those moments. You mentioned nutrition and food. And I totally can tell after a long day if I haven't fueled my body properly. I mean, I can really, really feel what is happening. Like I get hangry and I am rude. Like I 100% know. (laughs) My dad will be like, "Uh, you need to go sleep now. And it's just because, you know, I haven't fueled my body properly. And that is an easy thing. And I mean, we say easy. If you have access to food, it takes Mm -hmm. five minutes to prep or the night before, you know, ask your spouse or your kids or for help or your parents, whatever it looks like, like, hey, can we put some of those leftovers so I can take them tomorrow? Like, it doesn't have to be extra hard. And it is so important, especially hydration. I'm sure all of us are massively dehydrated. Mm -hmm. And I've started drinking liquid IV. That's not a sponsor, but I just... (laughs) like having something in that gives a little bit more electrolytes because I do notice if I'm on my feet all day that my attitude towards the end of the day can definitely be affected. And the other thing too is you talked about sleeping. Man, we do not sleep enough. Mm -mm. And I think some of that is in our control. Some of it's not, right? Cows in the middle of the night. We got done in the field late. But how many of us sit on our phone and look at TikToks? (laughs) How many of us watch the TV, turn on the news for a couple hours, watch a rodeo? Now, I'm not saying these things are bad, but I'm saying, are we choosing them above having a good day tomorrow? And when we put it that way, it's so easy to get distracted. I mean, heck, I can look at my phone for hours in bed and not even think about it. But like, what are we doing to be offensive versus defensive and a defensive player would wake up in the morning and say man last night I should not have looked at my phone and an offensive player would lay down in bed and say if I want to be the best version of myself tomorrow I need to put this phone away and that's the difference one's proactive one's reactive and I just noticed those two things I think make a huge huge difference the other thing for me is going on walks and I'm not very good at it But I remember it was probably March or something, and we were at my grandpa's 90th birthday party, and everyone was just sitting around watching football, which is great, or basketball. I think they were watching March Madness. It's embarrassing that I don't know that's basketball in March. And I said to my nephew, who is seven, I said, do you want to go on a walk? He was like, yeah, I'd love to. It was a little chilly outside, so we bundled up, and we went on a walk. And about halfway through the walk, he's like, man, I feel so much better when I get out and go on a walk. And it was really interesting because if we're farmers or ranchers, we have space to walk. And it might seem interesting. Take your dogs with you or, you know, walk with a purpose. But just hearing him say, wow, I feel so much better when I go for a walk. I'm like, me too. I should do this more often. (laughs) And it's finding those little things, right? The things that are unique to you, the things that make you feel better. The other thing that I do is I brain dump. and It's one of my favorite things that help me when I, I almost feel like things get in my brain and feel like a ping pong ball. That's the best way I can like explain it. It's like, I can't get them to lay down. They're just bouncing and it will be the stupidest things, but it's like, they're just bouncing all over my brain. 
And the moment I just sit down and I just kind of word vomit on paper, I feel a hundred times better. Like I can sleep at night. I'm not going to wake up. I feel like I have a game plan. The funny thing is, is sometimes I don't even look, go back and look at the brain dump. It's just the act of getting those thoughts out on paper that allows the brain to be silent. And it works really, really well for me. I actually, the K-Rose team will say, hey, you should brain dump. <laughs> if they feel like something's just bouncing around in my brain. And again, I think that to be proactive is one, it's an everyday thing. And and you mentioned like habits or routines. The big thing that I want to encourage people is we need to focus on the habits that we don't know are habits. That's the things that impact our life the most. It's easy to say, I'm going to become a whole new person. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to have a morning routine. You already have a morning routine. Yeah, you do. You just might not know what it is because it's it's action without thinking. And that's where you're going to make the biggest impact in your life is the actions you do without a thought process. So if you wake up every day and you head right to the coffee pot, which is totally me. Like I dream of coffee. Like I love coffee enough that I get excited to go to bed because I know I get to drink coffee in the morning. <laughs> That's amazing. So if you're a coffee drinker, why don't you put a cup of water next to your coffee pot? Yeah, little right? things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like these little things. And and sometimes it's easier to just say, oh, okay, well, you know, it's Hard to do that. I don't really want to do that. I mean, all these things. But I really think that, one, it's up to us to change the game. Two, it's up to us to teach the next generation how to change this game. I mean, we cannot afford to be losing farmers and ranchers. You talked a little bit about the suicide rate in Canada. We have the same issue in the United States. Yeah. We cannot afford to be losing farmers and ranchers. And it's so challenging to me because I feel like a lot of this is preventable, but we don't talk about it enough. Like it's not a topic of conversation. One thing I always say to my brother, which he doesn't listen to the podcast, so he will never know, is <laughs> I always say it's a good day to have a good day when I can tell he's frustrated. And he always, he's five years older than me. We both work on the ranch and he usually laughs at me, but I just remind him that his, how the day goes he can control whether he thinks it's a good day or not. And it's always a good reminder of like, okay, I can have a good day, even though things are not going the way I want, or I'm frustrated about X, Y, and Z. Like, I can still have a good day. And just making sure that we are being conscious of how we're thinking about life. And again, there's some mental health struggles that require intervention. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. not discouraging that. I'm saying that we have to know, again, what we can control and what piece of it we play in that area. Are you wanting to start a farm to table business but don't know where to begin? Caroline and Grayson have been exactly where you are. That's why we decided to host Scaling Farm to Table Behind the Scenes with the Rancher's Daughter this fall from October 12th through 15th in Kalispell, Montana. During this event, you will learn insider information like how to ship across the country and how to price your product. If you want a place to start, this is the perfect event for you. You can sign up now at cattlemenulive.com backslash 2023 farm 
www.ghostbusters.com-2-table-event. Yeah, can I can I give an example that actually fits really eloquently with this? Yep. Is anxiety. We hear about it all the time. Anxiety is almost like a buzzword right now. I'm not saying that people don't have anxiety diagnoses, that there's not intervention needed. However, we've brought so much attention to anxiety and what it feels like and what it is that people don't recognize anxiety as an actual good thing. So anxiety on the flip side, if you think about it, is one of those things that's actually really good because it tells you, I always call it your give a crap meter If you care about something, you're going to be nervous or anxious or excited about it, which people often don't actually know how to differentiate between those three feelings. So in talking about like mindset and it's a good day to have a good day and how you control your, your actions and your emotions is again, that awareness of why am I anxious right now? Well, I'm anxious because I care about this. This is a big deal. You're anxious about your yields in a year. You should be right? Like to some extent, because that's your income. And so instead of thinking it as I have anxiety, holy smokes, now I need to go to therapy. I'm having a mental health challenge, blah, blah, blah. Just slow your roll a little bit. What is this information telling me? Our thoughts are uncontrollable, right? We can't control what we think about. You mentioned brain dumping is really good. I also brain dump. I also go for walks every single day because I know what they feel like and how they help my body. I like to combine the two. If I go for a walk and then I brain dump, I have the best thoughts on my walks. And then I just can come home and I can just like and put it all out. And it's amazing how that works for me. But then you can understand though, back to the anxiety piece, go on a walk, kind of throw those thoughts around brain dump and say, why do I care about this? And you probably, it is probably because it's actually important. And so instead of thinking of it as this, man, this thing is attacking me and these thoughts are, you know, I'm alone. You're feeling lonely as you craving connection. Call a friend. Your feelings of anxiety are telling you that you care about something. Well, why do you care about it? Why is it important? You should care about things. And then focus on those controllable factors within those feelings. So what can I do to make sure that I'm trying my best with making sure that we're meeting our expectations and stuff like that, right? Like we sell our calves at about 620 weight, right? Six weights. And what can we do that we can control to make sure that they're at six weights, right? Focus on that. Don't focus on the end outcome of we need to have six weight calves. Focus on what do we do to make sure that they're six weights in this moment. And I think that, that those little brain shifts of paying attention to what you can do and paying attention to what information your body's telling you and why, instead of getting that ping pong brain like you talked about, can be really integral for changing around things when people are going through mental health challenges right? Because on the spectrum, it goes mental health, mental health challenge, mental illness. Just because you have a mental health challenge doesn't mean 
that you can't be mentally healthy, right? You can go, you can slide on that scale. And just because you have a mental illness doesn't mean you have a, can't have good days. So there's, there's that continuum there. And most days are good days to have a good day. Caroline, you're absolutely right. Every day is a day to wake up and see how beautiful the life we live truly is. If you go on a walk, I just want to say, like, I go on my walks and every day I walk the same dang road for the same path. And every day I'm like, man, it's so pretty out here and it's so beautiful. And look at the trees and look at the sun. And it's the same road every day, same walk. It doesn't change. But I'm always like, oh, look at those cows and that crop. And it's like, I can just be really grateful for how beautiful this life really is because, man, I could be walking down the streets of New York City and I would be miserable doing that. I can tell you that much. The time that I get the most anxiety, and I'm not sure that I should admit this, is when I post, well, two times. I get really bad time anxiety, which we can talk about in a little bit, but when I post something on social media that I don't know how it's going to land, and I can literally feel myself tightening. And oftentimes, I, for a long time, I couldn't identify what that was. And it was like, I mean, I can also get the same feeling when I send out an email that I didn't really want to send or a text message like that. But it's Mm -hmm. like, I get this panic and I find myself just like opening all my social media apps, just like scrolling obsessively. And I say like, I can only control what I post or what I send. I can't control how they react. And that's the like first time where I was like, oh, I'm a little anxious about this, which is probably a good thing, but I also can't act like a crazy psycho (laughs) for 30 minutes until like I know they've read it or until I see the first like on something, right? And so I have began to learn about like my body and the way it's reacting and how I can use that as like a good thing, but also how sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my phone down. Like I am going to distract myself so that I don't worry about the outcome of this that I have simply no control over. So that's the time where I like day-to-day life that I can really feel some anxiety. The other is time anxiety. And it almost always happens when I have to go to a big town. And it's like, okay, I have 19 stops to make. I have like three appointments that have like hard times. I have these kind of meetings. Oh my gosh. I have to like map it out. I love MapQuest. <laughs> my <laughs> friends make fun of me <laughs> because for the longest time, I should, again, I should not be admitting these things on the podcast, but for the longest time, I didn't know how to add stops on my iPhone. And it's just not as cool as it is on MapQuest. So I'd pull up MapQuest. You can add all these stops. You can like rearrange the order of your stops really easily. Oh, that's amazing. um, It gave me like this sense of like, okay, it is telling me it takes seven minutes between this and this. I have 30 minutes. I'll be okay. Like I can physically plan out the day. And of course, there's things in the day that mm, that happened, car wreck, whatever. But Mm -hmm. that time anxiety is definitely one where I get like freaked out in my head. I'm just replaying it over and over until I map it out. I mean, I think the game is figuring out your brain. Totally. Absolutely. And I can, I say all the time, like I can tell you tools until the cows come home, but what matters is the tools that work for you. And did you know that there's about 500 different types of therapeutic intervention styles, right? So if there's 500 types of intervention styles, think about how many opportunities there are. And some of them kind of like mesh together and they just have like a little bit of difference and they've evolved and whatever. But 
there's over 500. So there's over 500 different ways for you to go through whatever is going on in your life. So just because I say these tools or you say these tools and you're like, this is what helps me. If MapQuest, girl, if that's what helps your day-to-day anxiety, MapQuest away, right? Like why not? Why, if it's something that helps you, do it. Like I have people that do really strange stuff. I personally set my clock on my stove 20 minutes fast. And every time my parents come over, they're like, your clock's 20 minutes fast. I'm like, I am well aware of that. It's because then I think I'm late all the time. And I'm like a chronically 15 minutes early kind of a gal. But it's probably because my clock is 20 minutes fast. And that's what I do to help my brain, right? And so you have to figure out those little tools. And I think people get caught up, again, with social media. They get caught up with, well, this works for this big influencer or this person that I follow or this person that I love or my uncle or whatever. But it's not helping me. There must be something wrong with me. And I just want to say there's nothing wrong with you. It's simply just the fact that you have to enjoy the ride of figuring out what works for you. And it takes a lot of time to figure that out. Sometimes for some people, they'll try going for a walk and they're like, man, I just need to go for a walk. And that really helps. Other people might need to do, you know, different things. When we talk about brain dumping and journal, brain dumping is journaling, right? There's thousands of styles of journaling that may or may not work for somebody in its own. So I want to invite people as a PSA to be open to exploring themselves. You live in your body. Your body is your house. Explore your brain, explore your body and be a little curious about like, hmm, I liked it. I didn't like it. Didn't like it. Cool. Throw it away. Try something different. That's fine. Right. But try things. Be okay with trying new things. Absolutely. As we wrap up, we have rapid fire questions at the end. But the last (laughs) thing I'd like to ask is where do people go if this is something that they've been thinking about for a while? They know they might need some support. They know someone in their life needs some support. Do you have some good resources, some places to send people? Yes. Uh, So first of all, if there's ever a mental health crisis, call 911. I've been educating even the therapists in my current master's program on that. I have told them, they're like, that's not something we can use. Yes, absolutely. Please, if you're ever in a mental health crisis, call 911. Psychologytoday.com, if you ever want to find a therapist, that's worldwide. And it's a really good resource. You can find therapists in your area. You can see like what they're trained in, what they specialize in. You can hopefully maybe see if they're trained in agriculture. There's also in the States, they just got a new hotline recently in 2022. It's 988 is a good hotline if you need mental health help right now. That's a good one that you can call too. So those are some. And I think that there's a lot of really good resources just kind of out there. And if anybody has questions, they can come to me because a lot of what I actually spend time doing is referring people to somebody in their area that's agriculture aware that they would mesh with and some just find somebody to talk to for them. Great. That's very helpful. We'll put all of that in the show notes. Okay. Rapid fire questions. Okay. 
What is your favorite cut of steak and how do you like it? Oh boy. Um I don't know my favorite my favorite kind, but I like it rare. I'm I just like steak, honestly. Great. Um, what is an ag industry topic besides mental health that you think needs talked about more? Ooh, um, I'm so bad at rapid fire questions. My brain needs time to think. <laughs> um, something I think we need to talk about more is, I don't know, Caroline. I don't know the answer to that one. Okay, you can think on it. <laughs> okay. Um, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Best piece of advice that I've ever been given is just because you've walked a trail so many times to hell that you think that you should be building a house there does not mean that you should build a house there, let alone pitch a tent there. Wow, that's great. Okay, this is my favorite one. What is your non-career dream job? Non-career dream job. FEI show jumper, man. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you think of a topic that needs talked about more? No, I don't know. The one that's coming to me that I've been seeing so much more on is the manual labor needed in crop, mostly produce farming. Oh, like, that's interesting. I think we forgot that like the watermelon that are growing in the field, that it takes a mass amount of labor to get that to the grocery store where we just go online and say watermelon in the cart shows up in my house. Yeah. That's yes, I totally agree with that one. I don't know what mine is because I think like when I have those moments, I sit there and I'm like, "Man, we need to talk about this more." And then I'm just like, "Do do do, just going to keep going about my day." And I like talk to like Lucas about it cuz I ask him a lot of questions, that's my partner. But I don't ever like actually do it, which is probably bad that I just sit there and I'm like, well, I'm unaware and we're just going to remain unaware. We're just focused on (laughs) mental health, which is great. Yeah. This has been a really exceptional conversation. I appreciate your time today. We'll put all of your information in the show notes so people can reach out. And um, if they have any questions, I encourage you, if you have any type of nudge that you need to look into something, you need to start playing offense. Maybe you're in a situation where you wish you weren't on a mental health front, anything like that. Like there's no time like the present. So the reason you have that nudge is if you're a believer, that's called the Holy Spirit. If you're not, it's some type of force that's telling you to take a little action. So one, pay attention to that. And two, there's a lot of resources out there. And so, you know, you probably have a phone in your hand. Let's get you some help and let's get you to where every day does feel like a good day. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on, Caroline. And I just want to say that if you are having a bad day, you've survived 100% of your bad days so far. You can survive this one too. Great. Thanks again for listening to the Cattleman You podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are thankful to have you in your community. Like always, remember the grass is greener where you water it.